your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and we got a game day for you today. We're going to pregame the blues matchup tonight against the Anaheim Ducks, kind of talk about the skid that they've been on uh, over the last week or so. We're going to talk about the potential return of Colton Pareko soon and what kind of impact that will have on the team, as well as whether or not this team should not do anything at the deadline. Should they buy at the deadline or should they sell at the deadline? We'll be breaking it all for you down here on the Locked on Blues podcast. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. So download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Locker Rooms. should be called Locked on Blues. And you can talk to us. You can comment to us. We can actually include your sound bites in it. So it's kind of everyone getting their feedback, uh, kind of a round table, getting all the Blues fans together and having a good time. So make sure you check it out because Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the Blues are 3-4-3 three, and three in their last 10, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if you looked on Twitter, it would feel like it's a lot worse. Uh, thankfully, we're not the Buffalo Sabres in a poverty franchise going to have to do a rebuild again and potentially having to trade a guy like Jack Eichel. So it's not that bad, Blues fans. We can all sit back, rest, relax, and be happy that we're not Buffalo Sabres fans because holy crap, they're on historic proportions of losing. But on the counter side, Blues fans have every right to be pissed off right now because this is supposed to be our Stanley Cup window. This is supposed to be a competing team, bringing in a guy like Mike Hoffman, bringing in a guy like Tori Krug, movie guy like Alex Petrangelo was, seemed to be a controversial move by a lot of people. So you would like for this team to go out there and handle their business uh, and just absolutely play lights out every night. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. But if you look back to 2019, the Blues were in a similar position at the trade deadline. Doug Armstrong said he had... Faith in the team, faith in the personnel that he brought in, and faith that they would turn it around. And they did, and they brought us the Stanley Cup. So I think because of that, there's a large majority of Blues fans that want to give Doug Armstrong and the Blues as a whole, as a team, uh, the benefit of the doubt because a lot of people just did not think they were going to go anywhere in 2019. Especially even once they made it into the playoffs, they were like, yeah, they're not really... It's not really the year for us, but hey, we're going to give it our best shot. And lo and behold, they went on to win the entire thing. Now, there's another side of Blues fans that are more akin to watching John Moselock handle the Cardinals, being almost fine with mediocrity or right around the bubble of making the playoffs but not making a lot of noise or barely missing the playoffs and being like, yeah, well, we had a lot of injuries this year, uh, making excuses and kind of giving off the impression that they gave it their best shot when in fact, I mean, if you watch the Cardinals at all, John Moselock has been known for just penny-pinching when it comes to free agents. Obviously, this year is a little bit different. He got Paul Goldschmidt a couple years ago, and now he's got Nolan Arenado, so uh, that's a big splash. But the Blues have been consistently making those big splashes. I mean, bringing a guy in like Tory Krug, bringing a guy in like Mike Hoffman. I think a lot of people were expecting the defense especially uh, to take a decline from last year just because of Jay Bomeister's absence, Alexander Steen's absence, and especially Alex Petrangelo's absence. But bringing in a guy like Tory Krug definitely gave us a little more confidence that we could compete. The problem is the Blues aren't competing to the level that they need to right now, and there's a lot of teams in the division that are. The Los Angeles Kings are making a lot of noise. The Anaheim Ducks uh, are getting hot at the right time, bringing in Zegras, bringing in Drysdale. Uh, I think they're going to be a force to reckon with. Even though we've, we've been pretty good against them this season, 
Uh, handled them pretty easily. I would definitely not take them for granted tonight. The Minnesota Wild have just been playing out of their mind, uh, getting brilliant performances from their rookies, and Colorado and Vegas are doing exactly what they set out to do. So The Blues are coming up on the month of April, which we've talked about time and time again all over Twitter, all over this podcast. It's going to be an absolute gauntlet. Uh, the problem is they're not building the momentum that a lot of people wanted them to or expected them to uh, into that month of April. So with a team trending down and your scheduled opponent's talent levels trending upwards, it seems like a recipe for disaster for this team. But I've been saying it, man. There's At, at some point, there's got to be a time where it just clicks for this team because this roster is too good to not be competing with guys like Colorado and Vegas and be closer to guys like Arizona and the Kings. So I'm in that ballpark of holding out hope that I do think this team will turn it around. Obviously, it's a little different than 2019 because it is a shortened season. You have less time to figure things out. But, I mean, guys, if you're pissed about the Blues losing, imagine how they feel. I mean, if you even go back to the first game of the season where they spanked the Avalanche, they were like, yeah, we're tired of everyone talking about the Vegas and we're tired of everyone talking about Colorado. We're a good team. We're a Stanley Cup contender, uh, and we want to make our name known. Those kind of feelings don't just go away. And I understand that a lot of injuries have happened since then. Morale is probably down uh, hearing Zach Sanford's comments about anything that could possibly go wrong this season did go wrong. It's hard. It's hard for everybody involved. It's hard for Craig Berube to hear about comments that he should be fired two years removed from winning a Stanley Cup and turning this team completely around after firing Mike Yo. I'm sure it's hard for Mike Hoffman, who watched, I'm sure watched Justin Falk an entire year uh, to kind of settle into his role on this Blues team, and then immediately when he doesn't produce at the level that people expect him to here, uh, in a limited role, nonetheless, uh, they're telling him he should get traded. Although, to be fair, people said that about Justin Falk, too. But essentially what I'm getting at here is that this team has all the personnel in the world To be successful, to be a playoff team, and to be a Stanley Cup contender, they just need everyone to buy in because if Craig Burby says there's an effort problem and holding people accountable, that's a problem. And it just seems like, I mean, just go back to the loss against Minnesota. I mean, the defense lets up 11 shots on goal. Uh, and the offense can't find the back of the net. It's got to be it's got to be a whole cohesive unit. The offense plays well, the defense plays bad, you're not going to win. If the defense plays well and the offense plays bad, you're not going to win. If you're firing shots from the blue line or right into the goalie's chest every night, you're not going to win. If you can't mark your men in front of the net, if you can't clear the crease, you're not going to win. So it has to be a conscious effort from everyone to get everything structured and sound for a full 60 minutes. And I can't remember the last time that we've seen that from the St. Louis Blues. But hopefully they can turn it around tonight against an Anaheim Ducks team that the Blues have had their number all season long. They've yet to lose a matchup against them this season in four games, so that's promising. Uh, on the counter side, the Blues are also playing at home, and they've kind of been known to be a road team this season. So if you're planning on betting the over, betting the under, betting the money line, whatever it might be, for all your sports betting needs, you have to go to Bet Online because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're going to talk a little bit about Bobby Plager 
and what he meant to this uh, organization. And then we'll segue that into a little bit of Colton Pareko talk uh, right after a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. So two days ago on March 24th, it uh, was announced by the St. Louis Blues that Bobby Plager had passed away uh, from a car accident. And I think the entirety of, not even just Blues Twitter, but just Blues fans as a whole, just watching everything go down on Blues Twitter, seeing people's reactions, on the, in the Blues Lounge, seeing people's reactions. I mean, people were just refreshing, refreshing, begging for any, any kind of news to come out that this was a rumor, this was a hoax. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, but then we saw something different. I think everyone can agree that the initial shock and that initial feeling was just pure grief, right? But I think after a little while, people were like, let's celebrate his life the way he would want us to. He wouldn't want people to be sad or cry, but we saw a lot of people posting memories of Bobby Plager and just his unwavering smile in every photo. And a lot of those photos he asked for, not even the fans asking for them, or autographing pucks uh, without asking. You almost got the sense that Bobby Plager was a Blues fan that happened to play for the team. And everything that he did for the alumni and everything that he did for the city of St. Louis, his presence at every event escalated the excitement because of how interactive he was with the fan base. And he will be greatly missed within the Blues community for years and years to come. So I just want to end that by saying thoughts and prayers go out to the family, friends, everyone affected by his loss, which is obviously the Blues entire community, but his close friends and family, uh, the people that worked side by side with him, the alumni, uh, everyone is thinking of you because it's hard for us as fans to deal with this loss. I can't imagine how hard it is for you guys uh, who are right next to him watching games and hanging out with him on a consistent basis. That being said, I think Bobby Plager is the perfect embodiment uh, for how Blues hockey should be played because he played it with a grit and a physicality and with all the heart that he possessed. And I think Colton Pareko, as much as people like to argue that he's not a top 10 defenseman or he's not an elite defenseman, uh, I, I think at the very least you can you can rest assured that he does play with that same heart, wears it on his sleeve, he does play with that physicality, he, he, he is an absolute monster and he can clear the crease well, and I think that's one of the big problems that this Blues defense has been having is they haven't really had size on the back end besides Robert Bertuzzo, and as much as I love Robert Bertuzzo, he's not the same kind of level of defenseman as Colton Pareko. So I understand advanced metrics and I understand the offense is struggling. They got to find the back of the net sooner or later. But I do think getting Colton Pareko back, not even just shoring up the back end of the defense, and especially, like I said, that net front presence there, but just having him back in the locker room, uh, he just seemed like such a team oriented guy. Always brought the best vibes, and obviously, having an A on your shirt, uh, people are going to listen to what you say. And we talked about it at the beginning of the year that it might be difficult for this team to find its identity without their captain, Alex Petrangelo, without Jay Bomeister, without Alexander Steen. I think the next wave of this Blues team's identity directly revolves around Colton Pareko, and he's a big part of that. I mean, one of my favorite things, especially when it feels like we're getting outpossessed and just outmanned during the games, and outchanced more than anything, uh, one of my favorite things to do is go on naturalstatric.com and look at their heat map and see where the majority of their shots are coming from compared to where the majority of our shots are coming from. And a lot of ours seem to be coming from the blue line, far away, or an extreme angle on either side of the post. And then I look at the other team's chances, and there's just an entirely red dot around our entire goal. 
And it's like, I get pretty frustrated at the goaltender because he obviously is the last line of defense, but when goals are just tap-ins left and right, it's hard to blame the guy, right? Like I said, I think Colton Pareko helps that out a lot because you can't get those tap-in goals if those guys can't get to the crease. And Colton Pareko, having the wingspan he does, having the base that he has, being a 6'6 monster, he's not going to let those guys get in there very easily. And then they're going to be less likely to go in there when they're getting cross-checks in the back or whatever he's doing to get them out. And that's not to say that Tory Krug or Vince Dunn or any of those guys have been playing badly either. It's just I don't think that's their that's really their playing style. They're not there to body up and clear the crease. They're there to be smooth skaters, create chances out of the zone with their stretch passes, and patrol on the power play. And I think they do a really good job of that. And both of them have, have been doing a great job of that, especially lately. But there's got to be a balance. And I think Jay Bomeister was a great accomplice to those speed guys because he would just stay at home and do his job on the defensive end and I think Alex Petrangelo is the same way because he's a hybrid he, he can be skilled in the offensive zone and he can be held accountable in the in the defensive zone Justin Falk has been absolutely on fire this year and he's obviously an offensive defenseman he's done an absurdly good job at clearing bodies out on their neutral zone entries when they come into our defensive zone but I haven't really seen him muscle up in the crease. And that's fine if that's not his game, but I'm saying I do think that is Colton Pareko's game, and I do think getting him back in the lineup will be a lot bigger than a lot of people expect. As much fun as it is to watch Justin Falk and Tori Krug sling the puck around left and right, I think from a defensive standpoint, it's not the best move for this team right now because of the reasons that I've mentioned. And I think it could probably work against a team like the Ducks, and I think doing too much to change what we've done against the Ducks when we haven't lost a game against them all season is kind of playing with fire. But I don't know. I, I don't envy Craig Berube's position at all. Just seems like he's done everything he can to try to get these guys going, throwing lines in the blender, throwing the power play in the blender, trying to spur any offensive creativity that he can, and nothing seems to be working. So if you're in the camp of blaming Craig Berube for this, I don't really see how you can do that. In my opinion, I think when they skate into the offensive zone, a lot of times it, it seems like a crutch almost that they use to just throw it back to the blue line and they just play catch from the defenseman uh, swinging around the outside and never really make any moves towards the inside slot uh, or try to fire shots from there. And I think that's why we've seen such a large decline in the Blues' offensive talent. Because if it's not Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas or one of those skill guys beating defensemen with puck handling, more often than not, the Blues just don't end up creating movement towards the slot when they set up the zone. And I think that's in large part due to the lack of a net front presence that we have. Obviously, Zach Sanford stepped into that role for a little bit. I thought he was doing a good job there. Getting Jaden Schwartz back is huge for that regard too. But somebody's got to go to the dirty areas of the ice, right? Somebody has to do it. And I understand when you're losing this many games and heads are down and all of that stuff, it's hard to it's hard to figure out what you're doing wrong because it feels like everything you do is wrong, right? So I don't fault them in that regard, but there definitely needs to be somebody that's going to the dirty areas of the ice and it doesn't feel like there is right now. And especially in a play style that the Blues play where it's so possession-based and it's so winning the board battles I think is huge as well. I haven't seen the Blues win nearly as many board battles this season as they have in years past and that's the system that they run, right? I mean if you're generating 37 shots as a good system to run it just needs to be more high quality shots. So work those pucks off the wall and get them into the slot 
when the defense isn't expecting it instead of throwing it back up top and playing directly into the other team's predictability of what they expect you to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like the Blues, when they get into the offensive zone, they are kind of predictable at times and they kind of relapse into it when things aren't going their way and guys don't skate with the same energy they do when it's 0-0 and then the ball just rolls downhill and next thing you know the game's out of hand and there's another L in in the schedule. And then these L's start stacking up and then you get to the month of April and you don't have enough time to turn it around. That's when it becomes problematic. So this last stretch of games here in the month of March is huge for the St. Louis Blues. They need to get the ball rolling, build momentum into the month of April where we've talked about it time and time again. It's going to be an absolute gauntlet having to face the wild like basically all the games besides one having to face Colorado so many times having to face Vegas so many times uh, it's going to be a difficult stretch for the Blues but if they do make the playoffs it's going to pay off because it's going to harden them and prepare them for playoff hockey at the end of the season which I think is massive so a lot of implications coming up here the Blues rise up to the occasion it could potentially drive them deep into the playoffs I honestly believe that if they play the hockey that we know they're capable of playing. Uh, If they don't, it could be a very long month of April for Blues fans. So we'll see what happens. Because the playoff brackets in NHL hockey are always nuts. But you know what else is nuts is the Built Bar Madness bracket. So we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the most amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, great-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar Madness. So today's matchup, we're getting towards the end here. This is one of the final matchups of the enticing eight, and it's Cookie Dough Chunk versus Birthday Cake. Now I gotta tell you, when I go to Ted Drew's, when I go to Andy's, when I go get custard, when I go get ice cream, when I go get anything ice cream based or frozen yogurt, whatever it might be, I always put cookie dough in it because I'm a sucker for good cookie dough. So you already know that I'm putting in my vote and locking it in to send cookie dough chunk to the flavorful four. But if you are a big fan of birthday cake and the nostalgia factor and it bringing you back to when you were four, when you're five, when you're six, every single birthday and you like the way that makes you feel and you want that to move on instead of cookie dough chunk, you gotta go cancel out my vote at BuiltBar.com. Or you can go to Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And while you're there, make sure you try the amazing goodness that is Built Bar. Uh, and if you do, make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're going to take a final word from one of our sponsors, and then we get back. We're going to preview tonight's matchup against the Anaheim Ducks, pick the locked-on player of the game, and my predictions for what the score will be. Don't go anywhere. All right, so the Blues face off tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. They've had their number all season long. Winning four out of the four matchups they've had this season. The Ducks coming off two losses against Minnesota. The Blues coming off a loss against Minnesota. John Gibson has been on the injured reserve for a while now. He sounds like he will be coming back for tonight's game. Adam Henrique had a brutal start to the season. Was put on waivers. Was not playing well at all for the size of his contract. He's got three goals in his last five games. So he's turning it up a little bit. Jamie Drysdale, their rookie first round pick from 2020. Recently made his debut. 
on the 18th had a goal and assist in their 3-2 overtime victory over the Coyotes. Obviously, highly touted prospect Trevor Zegras could be making an appearance as well. If you remember right, I think the last time we played the Ducks, he tried the Michigan against Vili Husso. Comtois has been their leading goal scorer all season long. You can definitely bet on him to make some noise. He's got 10 goals and 10 assists on the season. And their defenseman, Hockenpah, leads the Ducks in hits and is third in the entire NHL in hits as well. So they're going to bring the physicality on the back end. I wouldn't underestimate their offense either because if their young guys figure it out combined with the talent that they already have and the Blues defense doesn't figure it out or doesn't respect the potential weapons that they have over there, we could be in for an upset. Especially with Gibson back in goal, we know that he's capable of stealing games. So the keys for tonight's game, I would say, would be match the physicality that the Ducks defense brings with our defense. I mean, we've seen it firsthand with guys like Jordan Cairo where it's difficult for skilled playmakers to be skilled playmakers and make a lot of noise in a game when they're worried about getting crushed into the boards. So use that same energy on Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale. Lockdown Comtois, lockdown Raquel. And if you can do that, you should come away victorious. Obviously, as long as you can figure out Gibson and put a couple pucks in the back of the net. So I think it's going to be huge for the Blues, especially after getting shut out last game to step it up against a solid goaltender in the league in John Gibson. If the defense plays the same way that they did against the Minnesota Wild, I think we'll be fine. But the offense has got to step it up. And for that reason, my locked-on player of the game is going to be a member of the offense. I think all season long, this team has kind of struggled to get offensive production from their third line. Uh, the fourth line has always just kind of been grinders, uh, win puck battles, and they get opportunities because of that. But the third line has kind of been a little mix and match. So I think because of that and the addition of Robert Thomas coming back, Mike Hoffman potentially being on that third line, Zach Sanford potentially being on that third line. Uh, I think this is a good core group to have on that third line. I think there's good chemistry there, especially uh, early on in the season. We talked about Robert Thomas and Mike Hoffman kind of having that link. And against a team like the Anaheim Ducks, your depth will definitely come into play. And I think that's where you can really attack their weaknesses. So having guys as skilled as Mike Hoffman, Robert Thomas, and Zach Sanford on our third line should potentially benefit us majorly. And we could see a lot of points piled up from that third line. So I think locked on player of the game for tonight's matchup against the Anaheim Ducks at 7 o'clock. I'm going to go with Robert Thomas, Bobby Toxic, the man himself, coming back and putting on a show for Blues fans in honor of Bobby Plager. I don't know if the offense entirely figures it out as a whole, but they definitely figure it out enough to come away victorious. So I'm going to go with, I feel like we've been getting a lot of one goal victories. Uh, I think Blues Views tweeted that out a while ago. Um, so I'm going to go the Blues win tonight 3-1. to one. Maybe the last goal is an empty netter, maybe not. Uh, but they do hold on for the victory and keep their streak against the Ducks going. And uh, yeah, that's my prediction for tonight's game. So I think that's all the time we have for today. If you don't follow us on Locker Room yet, make sure you do. I believe the handle is Locked on Blues. Uh, you can chat with me and Josh in there. Probably a little bit post-game. I think I'll talk to Josh about getting one open, but uh, you can raise your hand, make comments. Uh, you can either write the comments or you can speak to us directly. I think that's really cool. Just kind of get a round table of Blues fans talking about the performance, whether the Blues win, whether the Blues lose, uh, what we should do going forward. But make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at LockedOnBlues. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Twelcher15 and hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, 
Let's go Blues.